Thank you for listening to another Dad's Wisdom episode brought to you by the Agview Pitch. We believe that sharing these stories, experiences, and wisdom is crucial to improving our businesses and learning from others. If you have someone that would be good for a Dad's Wisdom, please email us at cbaron at agviewsolutions.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Agview Pitch. Today you have... Shay Folk with special guest uh, John Kermeckel. And John, you're coming to us out of Southern Illinois. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, I thought we'd take some time today. Uh, you know, you and I had been connected online kind of through Twitter. And uh, just looking at, you know, kind of your career, you've spent a long time here with Agrigold. And I kind of wanted to shape this conversation from a, a dad's wisdom perspective because I know you've been in the ag industry a long time. And I think there's a a lot of interesting questions to ask here. So I was wondering if you can maybe just give the listeners a little perspective on, you know, who you are, where you're from, and, and kind of what you're all about there, John. Sure. Thank you, Shay. Yes, good morning, everyone. And as Shay said, my name is John Kermickle, and I've actually been with Agrigold since uh, 1983. So I've uh, been in the seed business quite a long time, also have some farm ground that my my brother and nephew farm, so pretty involved in agriculture and just have had a really fun career. Uh, as Shay said, I do have three children, and uh, they kind of grew up in a small town here in southeastern Illinois, so it was fun watching uh, our business grow and our family grow at the same time, Shay. Right. So tell me a little bit about, you know, how you were raised and kind of your story growing up as a kid. Uh, you're from that region originally, <laughs> correct? That's correct. And the funny thing is, uh, my parents, you know, some parents talk to their children a lot about the business and kind of what they're doing. My dad was the kind that kind of kept everything to himself. And I always told him, you know, later in life, I remember at my parents' 50th wedding anniversary when I spoke, I said, I, I didn't even know we were trying to make a living. I thought we were just having fun, you know, because <laughs> being on the farm was so much fun. And I just had a fantastic childhood and always wanted to be a part of agriculture. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, my brother was much more interested in coming back to the farm. So I knew I needed to find something else. And that's how I got into, actually originally got into the government side and Washington, D.C. in the early 80s, and then decided to come back home and, and start with Agrigold. Mm -hmm. So looking back at, you know, you mentioned a little bit with your father kind of keeping that to himself. Do you, is that just kind of his personality, or, or how did that kind of affect um, the family growing up? Because it seems like, you know, you just had fun as a kid. You were just out enjoying being on the <laughs> farm. You know, what, what, do you, what do you think of when you look back on that? Well, it's a fine line, and I don't think Dad did it on purpose. He was just, uh, he loved farming. You know, his thing was, if you enjoy what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life. And that was my dad. I took a different approach with my kids. I wanted to be sure they knew the business side of, of what we were doing. So I always tended to talk some business things, you know, not real deep, but as they got older, uh, more and more about the business side of my life and it's really fun now because they're all three in different businesses and they call me almost every day with an issue or problem they want help on so I'm kind of my kids consultant at this point that's awesome uh yeah. you know and and looking at that wisdom of course they're turning to you for 
your your experience and some of the stuff that you've seen over the years, uh, when you think back to some of the things that you maybe learned from your dad, is there anything that kind of sticks out to you that uh, was really prevalent that maybe shaped kind of how your career went or, you know, how you're raising your family today? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I had a great family life and my dad was big on integrity and, you know, farming. There's a lot of little corners you can cut and my dad would never cut a corner. You know, if we sold a bale of straw to somebody in town for a buck or two, he said, you know, we need to record that, you know, for tax purposes. And I never forgot that. I mean, just, you know, doing everything from the right way was something my dad taught me and Mm -hmm. and I've never forgotten that. So let's talk a little bit about, you said you were out in uh, Washington, D.C. for a while. Uh, what kind of led you out there, and, and what did people kind of say when you when you chose that path initially? <laughs> Great question. Uh, so actually, I got my interest in the government side through FFA, which I'm a huge fan of FFA. I was actually state president in Illinois many years ago. I won't say the years because it would date me, but <laughs> it, it was a way, way back. And uh, through that, I got interested in the, the political side. And I actually got a chance to work on uh, Secretary of Agriculture, John Block's staff uh, there in the early 80s. And man, it, that was an awesome time. Not to mention, I met my, met my wife in D.C., so a uh, pretty successful time. But I, I, I learned that you know, all the solutions certainly weren't there in D.C. Uh, that's why I came home, because to me, in the business world, it's where we're trying to help growers improve their income and and, and better their families. I mean, that's how you solve problems, mm-hmm. I think, you know. Yeah. So that's why I made the change 35-plus years ago. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so... Looking at that transition, then I think you said 1983 was when you uh, started with AgriGold. How did that kind of work? Tell us a little bit about the process of getting involved with AgriGold. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, I had some other opportunities, but AgriGold just, I couldn't get it out of my mind. We were really small then. Uh, I didn't really know anything about the seed industry you know even though i grew up on the farm i knew a lot about production agriculture seeds kind of a different animal Mm -hmm. and uh the neat thing and the reason i chose agrigold is because it was small i got to do a little bit of everything i got to help with the research side the agronomy side the marketing side the sales side basically in my career because of the size at that time i got to do everything except the actual seed production is really the only thing I never really did on a daily basis. So I got an awesome foundation to set me up to be the brand manager in 1998. So, And you've uh, held that position for a number of years here, right? A number of years, yeah, you know, since 98. And just uh, recently, last fall, decided time to retire and spend more time with my kids and grandkids. and. Um, yeah, it's just been an awesome time. Mm-hmm. So looking back over your career, obviously a storied history there with AgriGold, is there anything that, you know, you wish that you would have been able to, uh, to do over or anything that, uh, you, you know, you would go back and change looking at your career? Well, the one thing, and my wife always, she didn't agree with me, but 
you know, we tried to hire really good people. And if you hire a good person, a good employee, you know, sometimes you lose those employees. And I always took it personally, you know, if I lost a good employee. But looking back between our intern program that we started when I first came to the company, to all the employees we've had, the ones that worked for us, the ones that decided to go somewhere else. I mean, I think we made an impact across the whole industry. And, you know, that's something I'm really proud of. Yes, we were trying to sell seed, but, you know, kind of like a football coach, we were also trying to develop people. And, uh, boy, we've, I've, I met and worked with a lot of good people, Shay, over the last 35 plus years. Yeah. And I love that you say that because, I mean, people are the key to, you know, any successful business, but more importantly, the, the interactions that you have and, and how are you making a difference, not just as a, as a company, but as people uh, working with others. And so when you talk about taking that personally, I think that uh, provides a tremendous amount of perspective into, into who you are as a person and uh, just kind of the care that goes into, into that as a company. So one thing uh, that I would ask you to looking at, you know, career or, or personal life, you know, joining in in the 80s and getting involved in the seed business. What do you think was maybe the hardest part of, of your story or hardest part of your career looking back over that time period? Well, if you remember, the 80s were really tough for agriculture. And that was the frustrating part about being in D.C. And really what propelled me to change to come home was just, I don't know if you remember, <laughs> some of the older farmers would remember the payment in kind program, the pick program. Mm -hmm. uh, that was an early, I mean, it was just a battle. So, you know, looking back over the career, I, to me, that's the one thing about agriculture. It's the fun and it's also the, the challenge is just the cycle, the good times and the bad times. And I always tell our team, you know, don't get too high when times are good and don't get too low when times are tough. You know, it's just, you got to kind of plow through to get to the good times and, and, uh, you know, hope that you have more good times and challenging times. I think that's extremely important, especially looking at the climate of where we are today. You know, two weeks ago we were looking at 772 cash corn. If you still had some old crop and, and $16 yeah. soybeans and there's a lot of, uncertainty and challenges as we move into the 2021 growing season here, uh, but definitely in a period of, of opportunity. And I think keeping that focus on understanding that you do have ups and downs and a lot of this is uh, cyclical is extremely important. And, and what we see from, you know, the consulting side of the business on, on AgView Solutions is uh, the people that are really focused on their business when times are good, you know, they're, they're preparing themselves and setting themselves up for when things are not so good. And those the are the challenges. people that are going to be yeah. there for a long time. So I do farm on the shares with my brother. So I market my own grain. I think if I could start a business, Shay, and just have people do the opposite of what <laughs> I do. <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't be any poorer at marketing than I've been the last two years. So. I think I'm just going to cash rent here eventually because I can't win on the marketing side. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot of people that can probably uh, sympathize with that statement, but yeah, you know, if, if you had to go back and, and talk to your your 20 year old self or 30 or 40 year old self, you know what what advice would you go back 
and tell you in the past of what you have ahead in the future looking back over over the last 30 years or so? I think the biggest thing is you got to prepare yourself for change. And, you know, agriculture was kind of a sleepy industry, not much change in the 80s and 90s. And then you hit 2000, even the late 90s with traits coming into seed. I mean, the change has just come at us so fast. And I think like a lot of people, I kind of resisted that for a while. And then I began to realize if you don't adapt to what's coming at you, that all this change, I mean, you're just going to get run over because mm-hmm. other people are going to change and adapt. So good example, Agrigold used to be the corn specialist. You know, we only sold uh, hybrid corn and I had resisted selling beans forever. And then about five years ago, we decided to sell beans to have more of that whole farm offer for our customers. I mean, the timing was great because, you know, look at, look at Twitter, look at some of the yields and excitement around soybeans today compared to 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, why did I resist that? I mean, it's been awesome to be a part of the growth of, of the soybean industry in the last five years. So just be ready for change. And, and you really led into my next question here, which is, you know, how do you feel about where agriculture is today and then looking at its future from from your perspective over time here? I just wish I was 20 years old, Shay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many different ways to go. And, you know, I, I uh, talk to younger people all the time about what direction they should go with their career in agriculture. And, you know, there's agronomy which I just think it's almost unlimited what some of the agronomists are learning and doing today, the genetic side, sales side, distribution. I mean, agriculture is right at the crossroads of technology. And, you know, I, I just don't think there could be a better place to be. And, and farmers are learning ways to get away from just commoditizing corn and beans. You know, we're looking at, Organic corn, uh, non-GMO corn, white corn, you know, some people are getting into other crops. Um, I just think it's unlimited. Mm-hmm. So if you were a 20-year-old, John, looking at the future of agriculture and, and you're farming and you have a family, you know, if you had to diversify the operation in today's environment or choose a path to go down, what, what do you think that would look like for you? <laughs> You're not going to let me off the hook, are you, Shay? No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's a right answer to that. I think a lot of it depends on where your farm is. If you have access to irrigation, for example, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you want to get into the, the sweet corn or a high-end crop, like potatoes or whatever, um, some of it just, you know, I know people trying a lot of different crops. I, I think you just got to experiment. You know, whether, and, and let me give you another example. Even if you don't diversify, and I warn you, sometimes I can get long on my answers, so That's I'll try right. to be quick here. <laughs> but we got involved about five years ago with the NCGA high yield corn contest, and we actually had a hybrid of ours that yielded over 500 bushel. Mm-hmm. And people go, Well, that's crazy. You know, I can't make 500 bushel on my farm. Well, that's right. But, man, have we learned a ton. Our whole agronomy team just 
on the path along to get these higher yields. What can we take from that to increase our commercial yield 10 bushel per acre across your whole farm? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you may not even need to add another crop. It's just how can you get more bushel with the acres you have by thinking outside the box. Right. And so it can be any of those things. Right. No, and it's it's super important to looking at, you know, from a cost of production analysis standpoint, you know, the quickest way to increase profitability is to, in, to increase yield, you know, number one, right. uh, or, or you can look at cost reduction as well, or improve your marketing price. And I think some of those uh, agronomic decisions are crucial. And just the amount of information and research, you know, you mentioned from the uh, agronomist side, the developments that they have and some of the stuff that they're learning and putting into practice today, I think is going to be extremely eye-opening in the next decade, even at this technology crossroads with agronomic practices. I think you said that really well. Uh, I think the future is very bright. (laughs) And it's not just corn. I mean, look at what bean yields have done in the last five years, just with planting earlier, different fungicide applications, different planting populations, wheat. I mean, I don't like wheat because, my, you know, it can, we don't sell wheat. But, right. you know, I've seen what my brother's done with his wheat yield in the last five years just with better practices. And it, it's just mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my my father is still living. He's 87, and he just he can't even believe it. I wish my grandfather was still alive and could see what corn and bean yields are today. He would be blown away. Right. It's incredible to see how things have changed. And I say it often to my family, you know, I don't think there's ever been a better time in history, you know, to be alive, looking at all the opportunities and the lifestyle that we're able to leave, not, not only as farmers, but just as people in the time that we live in. And, you know, I think a lot of that goes back to, you know, when you bring up your grandfather like that and you think about the legacy of, of your family operation and the role that you've had in that, you know, as you think about that, you know, moving into, into retirement or kind of changing what your future looks like here, you know, what do you want the legacy of, of your farm operation to be? And what do you want the legacy for the family to be down the road? Well, again, for me, it comes back to hopefully we've had an impact on people's lives, whether through the farm or, you know, through my work at the, at AgriGold and, and, uh, Man, that's that's the big thing. Just working with people, whether it's uh, uh, you know my brother and nephew getting better yields on our home farm or our customers. Uh, I've had relationships with some of our customers since the day I walked into AgriGold, and just to watch you know that path from one, one generation to the next has just been so rewarding. And then. Now I'm going to focus on my grandchildren and uh, helping them be successful. So my kids are like, we don't even count anymore. I said, That's right. It's grandkid time. <laughs> Step aside. Step uh, aside. That's right. <laughs> well, that's great. And congratulations as you, as you kind of make that, that transition and looking forward to what's ahead there. Um, you know, any last advice for, for your kids or, or listeners, you know, the farmers that are out listening to this, any, any last advice that you'd like to provide here? Well, I think the big thing is just keep an open mind. You know, don't ever say I'm not going to do something because I've learned over my career when you say I'm not going to do something, probably within a year or two, you're going to be doing exactly that. So um, keep, 
people that keep open minds are the ones that are successful and and creative and innovative and and those are the people that's going to be successful so mm-hmm. oh absolutely well you know, John Kermickel here, I really appreciate the, the time uh, and sharing, you know, a little bit about your history and uh, your storied career with AgriGold there. I wish you nothing but the best as you move into the next step of your life here. And uh, just thanks for joining us here on the AgView Pitch. Thank you, Shay. It's been a lot of fun. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode. And we will catch you next time. Hey podcast, thanks for tuning in to another episode of our Dad's Wisdom series. We're always thrilled to have on the guests that we do and think that there's a lot to learn from the people out there in agriculture. With that being said, if you have someone that you think would be a great candidate for Dad's Wisdom, please, please reach out to us. There's so much knowledge. Uh, We always get great things out of these conversations and we want to make sure that we're passing that along. So if you know someone that has a great story, someone that's instilled a lot of wisdom in your life, doesn't necessarily have to be a father could be mother, brother, aunt, uncle, or just someone in the community that's had an impact on your life. Please reach out to us. We would love to share their story and love to have them on. Thanks again for tuning in to the Ag View Pitch.